Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon, the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. Hi, everyone. My name is Prachi. First of all, it's an absolute pleasure and honor to be here. So I want to thank ProductCon, Product School for giving me and Mixpanel the opportunity to kind of get up here on the stage and address all of you. Um, I am going to be here speaking today about betas, essentially what they mean, uh, how do you go about setting them up, how do you leverage them primarily to launch killer products. A little bit about myself, so you, you know more about who I am. Uh, like most PMs say, I am not an accidental product manager. I went to Carnegie Mellon in 2009 to get my master's and become a software engineer, only to realize that I'd make a far better PM. Um, although we didn't have as many PMs back then, if I remember that right. Um, I started as a technology analyst back in 2011 with BlackRock, where I was working closely with the engineering and business teams there to crack down on the requirements on their trading platform. From there on, moved to a consumer lending startup called LendUp, where I was completely stoked about disrupting the payday lending industry. And now I am product manager at Mixpanel on their data governance team. Uh, anyone here that's not familiar with what Mixpanel is, we are a user behavior tracking tool. And data governance is essentially the management of data. So usability, integrity, security of data, all that good stuff. Enough about myself. So I want to kick off this discussion by talking a little bit about what like what's really important for PMs, what should they be focused on? And while I'm on that topic, I'd love to read out Amazon's customer obsession principle. Leaders start with the customer and work backwards. They work vigorously to earn and keep customer trust. Although leaders pay attention to competitors, they obsess over customers. And this is so true. We as PMs, we are leaders. And it's, it's important, it's, it's almost necessary that we obsess with our customers. All right, so what should a good PM do, or what do good PMs do? They basically create opportunities that solve customer problems. And the key here lies in finding um, critical and important problems that will create value, not just for your customer, but also for your business. And from there on, it's really figuring out what's a minimum viable product that you can get in front of your customer and seek their validation. And then this almost becomes a, like a repeatable loop. So you continue to collect data from customers, hear about the feedback that they are telling you, and then just take action on that feedback. So how could PMs go about finding these opportunities? Where do you find these customer problems? At Mixpanel, PMs do a couple of things. Uh, most importantly, we use Mixpanel to see how our customers are using Mixpanel. So that's the data aspect of it, primarily the, the quantitative feedback, if I may call so. We also look at product gaps in Salesforce. So this is what our go-to-market teams are logging in Salesforce as gaps, things that our customers are telling us they believe Mixpanel can offer more in the product in addition to what we are already doing. 
Having said that, the most important thing we believe in doing is talking to our customers. Because no amount of tooling can replace a real conversation that you can have with your customer. Like, how do you even solve these customer problems? And the key lies in launching great products. And I would like to double stress on the word launch here because I cannot, uh, you know, it, it's really important to have a really good launch process when you're going to market to solve critical customer problems. And while we are on the topic of flawless launches, there's a recent flawless launch that I'd like to call out, and that's the SpaceX. They recently managed to land all their Falcon Heavy rocket boosters, and then anyone that's following the story or has been following the story would know that that didn't come easily to them. In fact, it took quite a few unsuccessful attempts before they managed to stick all the three landings. So great job, SpaceX. In most cases, however, a beta makes complete sense. Um, so what's the idea of doing a beta, which is essentially a product that has known gaps and bugs, and getting that in front of a customer? Like, what's the point of having a customer testing your product and reporting bugs to you? Doesn't sound right. Um, let's set the record straight. Betas are absolutely about user testing. But don't get me wrong. I don't mean that you want your customers to QA your product. This is purely for you to seek validation from your customers and have them tell you that you're on the right path. That's all that your goal with a beta should be. Uh, and the good thing about betas is customers can always opt out if you know, they don't kind of have the time or they don't want to commit to giving you feedback, which is completely fine. But I think why this is important is it truly establishes that direct channel of feedback. Your customers feel good, and they love that they can actually, they actually have a seat at the table, and they can influence the roadmap or kind of how the product shapes up. So who are these beta testers? Uh, who are the customers that are going to be OK to participate and give you feedback? Well, obviously, they're going to be the, probably the early adopters of your product, the whales, the power users. Um, these are going to be the people that are going to want to give you feedback. Um, how do you go about finding these people? Um, one thing that you could do is just announce that a beta was coming and offer limited seats, and then have these customers self-nominate. Um, one other thing that PMs, at least at Mixpanel, have seen we do on the side is we are always looking to build a pool of power users as potential beta testers, and then we reach out to them when we are ready to launch a product. And while you do that, which is while you're building this pool, always make sure that you're covering every segment of customer. So in our case, we are a SaaS software, so anytime we are launching a beta, we want to make sure we get feedback from our free customers, from anyone that's representing commercial, small, medium-sized businesses, uh, our enterprise customers. So that way, you know that you're getting feedback from a wide spectrum. All right. Um, so we are all convinced now, hopefully, that betas are important. It's necessary that your customers give you some feedback. That's all great. But you're going to tell me, that's great. I cannot get my customers to commit to uh, testing a product through a beta. What should I do? Well, at least what I have seen and what most great PMs have told me, if you've been listening to your customers all through and you are creating something that's going to add value for them, they're going to be more than happy to test. And like I said, they're always 
uh, customers are always excited when they know they get early access to features, and most importantly, that they get to shape uh, the product and influence the roadmap. So customers are always, always happy to give feedback, at least for, from what I have seen. Uh, you do want to definitely thank them as a gesture for providing you feedback. So some things that I've seen, you know, we've done again at Mixpanel, we are a subscription-based product. Sometimes we do additional add-ons, and we'll give customers these add-ons at no cost until their next renewal uh, as a gesture towards you know, helping us give feedback and making a robust product. Uh, a little bit about how we run betas at Mixpanel. Uh, we have customer success managers, we have relationship managers, we have account executives, and all these people are on the road talking very, very frequently to customers. So they help us nominate these customers uh, for, towards a beta. They are also, because they are talking very often to these customers, they know what are some of the, 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 the products that would be interesting. So they kind of take the major load of setting up who these customers should be. Uh, like I said, product managers are also always building a pool. So we look at what customers are telling us in Salesforce product gaps. We also look at our Mixpanel community forum to see what our customers are asking for there. And we'll just do the outreach from there. Um, again, I cannot stress how important the betas have been so far, not just to close deals, but essentially to establish that relationship with customers and to let them know that we are always listening to the feedback you're giving us um, and that their overall sentiment for the product really, really matters to us. So it's, it's always been great that way for us. Um, a question that might come up is, what makes sense in terms of the number of customers to include in a beta? And I don't have a great answer to that. It really, really depends on your feature. What I can tell you is the concept of a private beta and a public beta that can come handy here. Uh, so private beta is obviously you give restricted access to only a certain number of people. Uh, it's, in, it's by invitation only. The luxury you have there is that it's more feasible to sit down with a customer and do more qualitative research. To, so to my point of you know, actually talking to a customer is easier if it was a private beta. However, sometimes it just makes sense to get a feature in front of every customer that has access to your product. So you might want to do what's a public beta, also known as an open beta. Um, it's just a larger sample size, which means you have to lean on any quantitative feedback. You, you could do qualitative feedback, I guess, but again, it wouldn't be possible to sit down with every customer in that case. I'm clearly explaining here what the scope of the feature is, and I'm also calling out that the feature is rough. Uh, and that the feedback that the customers will give us is going to help make it better for future customers. Having said that, please do not use a beta as an excuse to ship something that's substandard. So don't treat a beta as a way to QA your product. Have good processes in place so that you're going to test something for your beta testers or before you bring it in front of your beta testers or customers that have volunteered and are going to take out the time to test something for you. So it's not an excuse to ship something that's not great. Um, the one other thing I would like to call out is the administrative overhead that can sometimes come with betas. So 
at Mixpanel for PMs that looks like jumping in and out of tools like um, Calendly, just meetings, Google Forms, surveys, lots and lots of phone calls, uh, just many, many things. Can be very exhausting sometimes, but it's super well worth it. Support. Why is that important during a beta? You just launched a new feature, and it's only fair that a customer is going to need some resources or some hand-holding to figure out how this works. So that can be in the form of training material, documentation, uh, PMs, designers, engineers, support to some extent. All these people can actually drive this process. But I think what's really um, important here is to establish a direct channel of feedback with your customer and make sure that you're responding quickly to them and you're delivering solutions really fast because then that becomes your way to tell your customers that customer empathy is something that is very near and dear to you. You're listening to them, you're taking that feedback, um, you're fine-tuning the product, more and more customers are going to get that feature that way. Um, and there's an image there of kind of what we do in Mixpanel is where we, 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 we plant a call out where we say, hey, customer, if you have some issues uh, specifically to this beta, please click here, report feedback. Uh, and that's kind of coming back to what I said, like establish that feedback channel with your customer. Internal training through a beta is good, but keep that to a limited amount because your product is just going to evolve through a beta. Well, most important part of betas, uh, measuring the outcomes. This is very, very important. Um, anytime you set to solve a problem for a customer, make that as a goal for your team. While you're on that, define, what your, define clearly what your success metrics are going to be. So at any given point in time, you should be able to measure against your targets. And then use tools like Mixpanel to track uh, you know, whatever your metrics are, whatever, the acquisition metrics, the engagement metrics, all of that. Most importantly, talk to your beta testers. Uh, try to understand from them what do they like about the product, what are they not liking about it, how more can you make it better. Um, also keep track of any bugs that your customers are reporting through the beta. But again, the, the, the key here is really you want to move fast, you want to listen to what your customers are telling you, act on that, and that way is you're fine-tuning the product and bringing it in front of more people. And again, a few examples very quickly of kind of the tools that we use through the beta. Uh, like I said, it's Calendly, Google Forms. We also set up a ton of meetings. We have regular dashboards that we monitor through betas. We also use Jira to keep a track of all the bugs that our customers are reporting so that we can keep moving fast and coordination is not a problem. So when is a good time to take your product off beta? So typically when features are in beta or products are in beta, you might have noticed a beta label on it. So when I say going off beta, it's essentially ripping out that label. Four to six weeks could kind of four to five or four to six weeks would be ideal. Uh, but having said that, what's really important here is to have a clear exit criteria for your beta. Now, that exit criteria could be product-based, where you say, once X, Y, and Z features are built out, I'm going to exit. Or it could just be quantitative, where it's your usage metrics that you've defined early on. Or it could be qualitative feedback, even where 
It's just positive feedback that you're hearing from your customers. Um, the one good thing about beta that I must say is the change management, which is fairly straightforward. So as you launch a beta, if as you launch a product in beta, if you feel that you didn't really solve a challenge for a customer, hopefully you didn't make things worse. Uh, but it's always possible to roll things back, go back to the whiteboard with your team, and just jam through other ideas, iterate to see how else you can approach the same problem. So that's really the beauty of taking your products through alphas and betas. And uh, again, before your product can get in front of every customer or you know, kind of take the center stage, I wanted you guys to look at a launch checklist, which is essentially a good go-to-market strategy. Um, always have that. I don't want to run down this list, but I do want to stress on how important it is to have a plan before you actually get out there. And that should include kind of having your, you know, defining your success metrics or the training materials, communication, specifically any targeted messaging that you might want to do based on, the, based on your customer segments again. And then comes the big day, because you can GA your product. It's generally available. Uh, every customer is using your product, and it's time for celebration. So yes, don't, don't forget to thank your team. Celebrate their efforts. They have literally put in their blood and sweat to bring the product to market. So as a PM, it's very, very important that you celebrate their efforts. And um, the battle is not over. This is only half the story, because things really start after you've launched your product uh, and it's been GA'd. So make sure you as a team go through a retrospective, figure out what are the things that you could have done better uh, for future. Obviously, you want to maintain the product. You're going to hear customer feedback. You're going to hear bugs. So keep that iteration loop on and kind of plan the V next, like what Pooja was talking about. So think about kind of the next big thing that you want to do. And then just to summarize, I think the most critical piece that I would take from this, take away from this discussion would be just stay customer focused. Always pick problems that are going to create value not just for you as a business, but primarily for your customer. And use these processes that we spoke about today, the alphas, the betas. Um, again, establish a direct channel of feedback with your customer. Get to them fast. Respond to them. And once you land on a, on a problem solution fit and you've GA'd your product, just move on to the next problem that your customer has um, asked you to solve. And because I'm at a product conference, um, I want to share this. Uh, since we have so many awesome PMs and aspiring PMs here, this is something that I stumbled upon the Growth Hackers website. Um, achieving product market fit requires at least 40% of users saying they would be very disappointed with your product. I think that's a great goal for you to set for your team anytime um, you launch something and you're trying to evaluate if has that truly solved the problem for my customer, or do I need to kind of iterate and, or maybe even figure out something else? Uh, with that, I'd like to conclude the presentation. Thank you so much for being patient and listening to me. Thank you for listening to the Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.